podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. So, the very best of wishes, obviously, George is a friend of the podcast, as well as his son, David, so all the best to the big man uh, on his special day. Gentlemen, a lot's happened in the world of the Celtic. Um, too much to be uh, talking about in praise of the past two games. I think we were all fairly optimistic going into the game against Bodo Glimp that we might have had a chance and, you know, an early goal and we could have been in a different position, but we've found ourselves now out of European football. Um, and obviously we've dropped points at Easter Road, but still remain three points at the top of the table. There's no point getting too down on ourselves. I think it's good to reflect on these games and chat about what we can look forward to on Wednesday evening at St Murn. There's a lot of games that we played, 10 exactly in the league. Obviously we've got the Scottish Cup, so we're chatting about all of that. Patrick, I'll come to you first on this. You were somebody who, you know, we're flying the flag for Celtic, having a good positive run in Europe after Christmas. She wanted that to happen. You know, 18 years, hopefully won't become 19 years next year um, to win a knockout tie after Christmas. But initially, what what was your thoughts on so many changes to, to the side in Thursday before a ball was kicked? I think um, it, it's hard to say. I mean, Andrew would never say that he's, he's thrown a game. I don't think any manager would admit that he's thrown a game. <clears throat> when you're only at half-time, two goals down, but it's hard to say it was anything else, really. I mean, you said, I think we disagreed, you said that Beaton was going to start the game. I imagine you probably thought that was part of a, a very strong eleven, whereas it was a sort of second-string side. Um, obviously, try to prioritise the Hibs game, we see how that went. Um, but at the same time, you know, we played a second-string team against Betis, arguably a, a third-string team. Uh, we Rosazzi and Liam Shaw and all that coming in. 
and we managed to win the game 3-2, so maybe thought, you know, go for something a bit different and see what happens. Um, it's disappointing, but at the same time, I think the better team went through, I think. I, I don't think they deserve to win 5-1. I think that's... I don't know, I think they were quite 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 clinical in the first leg. I don't think it was a 3-1 game. But they are where we want to be. I think they are where we probably thought that we were. Um, and hopefully after another 12 months of uh, Ange Ball, hopefully we'll be in the Europa League round of 32 um, this time next year. Um, and, you know, you just got to move on. I mean, the most important thing now is to win the league because it's worth in, in excess of 32 million quid. And that would be such a massive boost for us, both domestically and going forward in Europe. Yeah, um, the league is obviously the, the main objective this season, as you've touched on there, just due to the financial importance. What it brings us uh, next season with hopeful Champions League football, um, I say hopeful because it's not a complete cast-iron guarantee. There is still teams in the competition. If they don't finish, I think, in the top four in the league, and win the Champions League, they can still actually go into the tournament, which I think would gub uh, the Scottish place. Hopefully that doesn't happen um, if we win the, the title. But um, yeah, the focus is now completely in the league, Lawrence. Um, it was right that we, you know, we're putting a lot of focus in the Conference League, but we're still in it. We're not in it now. And it will be talking about the league. Um, just quickly on that, Alan Robertson's come in to ask about the refund uh, for the airfare in Albania, because I know you were excited for it, Lawrence. We'll need to wait, hopefully. Uh, another time we'll be able to maybe get to the European final once we've maybe cemented a level in Champions League football Champions League football I'm getting ahead of myself here cemented a level in European football which I think is something that Celtic's not did in previous years we've went from the highs of Champions League um, in 2017 to Europa League um, becoming a fairly decent side Patrick me and you had this conversation in terms of the results in the group stage, you know, against Fenech Varos, um, beating Real Betis at home, Beran Betis and Leverkusen close away from home. Um, but, but Lord, it's just in that, that team selection last Thursday evening. Do you think they've got as many as seven changes had we not been beaten uh, 3-1 in Glasgow the Thursday before? I don't think there was any chance. I mean, I, I didn't think, I mean, last week I didn't think Cal Mark would play. I think we all thought Beaton would play. Scales in at left centre-half. No, I, I, I don't think would have got as many changes. But, you, you, you know, Andrew's obviously a clever guy. You know, he's a, he's a proven winner as a manager. It's 10 games to go in the league. We need eight wins and one draw. And that should be see enough for us to reclaim the title. Uh, he's maybe looked at Glumpton and thought, you know, plastic pitch. Over there, not the best of weather. It's maybe just a bit beyond us. Uh, knowing we've got, I think it's you know, three games this week and three games next. And then we start to get a bit of break, isn't it? So... Yeah, I'm disappointed that you, you you know I'm not going to lose any sleep over it though. You know, it's certainly if we're going to win the league, it, it it's going to be the main thing, isn't it? Uh, it'll be, be celebrating. I'm sure uh, Dermot there uh, over in South Sydney, Rabbitohs will be be celebrating for it as well. Yep, we're getting a lot of nice messages in from across the globe. Um, your comments are very welcome. Please get in in the chat. We'll be talking. We'll just be closing us up probably in Bodo. Then we'll be talking about Hibs at the weekend. We'll talk about St Mern, Livingston. Um, there's obviously an elephant in the room which has come out in social media in the recent past few hours, which I think we need to have a wee uh, a chat about too. Um, if you are watching a video on YouTube or Facebook, please give it a wee like if you can. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please do so. Patrick, I'm going to come to you in this because the European journey is now officially over for Celtic. We started off 
against Midland in the Champions League. You were one of the, the lucky devils that get into the ground, and it was what was it five hundred or something? Then it seems like so long ago when we were all. Was it not five hundred? Was it less than that? Uh, nine nine thousand. No, uh, Preston was two thousand. and Mitchelland was nine thousand. Sorry, I'm getting. You know, what I mean, it, it was, the numbers were that low. I'm, I mean, even lower. So nine thousand in at Midland. Um, I wasn't jealous, of course, of that. You getting back to Celtic Park before <laughs> me, but. Started off at Midgeland. Um we were nowhere near the, the point that we are now in terms of squad and players that we had. Um and just first goal, you know, a bad score against Midgeland, but over there it's a time passed out my one night, one goal. Stop suicide. Register today for the overnight and join thousands in Washington, D.C. on June 3rd as we walk 16 miles from dusk till dawn to stop suicide. Start your journey today at theovernight.org. After we'd beaten Jablonic and the group stages, Ferris Varos, Batiste, Leverkusen, then Bodo. What is your summary of Celtic in Europe this season? What positives have there been? What things can we learn for next season? I think we probably, <clears throat> I don't think we had any right beating AZ Alkmaar uh, in those qualification games. I think we really, really exceeded the expectation there. When you think back just how poor we were, I mean, it was still. It was kind of still Neil Lennon's team, apart from maybe Abada, Kyogo, and then the back four. I mean, I think Stephen Welsh was a regular in the team back then. Um, I think Montgomery played most of the second leg as well. Taylor went off injured after about 20 minutes. So, mm-hmm. And Dean Murray was in at centre-half too, I think. He yeah, well, was for Mitchell and anyway. Yep. Um, but aye, I mean, we had no right to win that game in particular. I thought Yablonek deserved winners in Mitchell and... It was a bit of a toying course at the time, but I think now we'd absolutely wipe the floor with them because they are they a poor side, in my opinion. Um, interestingly, just to go back to the coefficient thing, um, I know we've all been saying that the Champions League winner has to qualify through the league in order for Scotland to get an automatic place, but Russia have been expelled from Europe, mm. and I don't know what effect that will have on coefficients, so we might get an automatic place anyway. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I'm just... Um, it's a possibility. Uh-huh. Aye, I'm just putting it out there. Um, I think we've probably overachieved in Europe. I know that's a weird thing to say after getting put out of the third tier competition by a Norwegian team, but Norwegian we champions. Probably, yeah, we probably should have ended up in the Europa Conference League group stages if I've been fair. You know, AZ Altmar are a good side. Um, what more settled yeah. than us at that point in time, too? And when you look at the performance, I think. All six uh, group stage games, I thought we performed quite well. I mean, we we almost got a result uh, at Real Betis. You know, when you go two nothing up, you expect to win the game. Um, that Leverkusen game was never a four nothing game. Uh, I thought we we gave them a good go at times. We obviously get the two results against Ferenc Varos, and then we beat Betis, and we narrowly lose out in Leverkusen away. So, I think performance wise, um, certainly before Christmas, we can be proud. It's just the two sort of Bodo games were outplayed. Is a bit disappointing. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, I think from the perspective going back, obviously we were all were on here talking um, at that point in time when we, we played Midland and then get through to play Altmar. Um, Lawrence, what's your summary of it? Because I, I would agree with Patty, and that probably at that point we had no right to be in the Europa League group stages. Um, if you look at you know what we played against that easy Altmar side at that time. We were far more settled than us. We go into the group stages. We ran, you know, Bayer Leverkusen, who I agree with Ange Postecoglou and that I would class as a Champions League team, very close over the two games. I know people say it was 4-0 at Celtic Park. It wasn't a 4-0 game for me. Um, 
what, what's been your summer at Celtic in Europe this season and you know what, what lessons can be learned for next season? You, you, you know, the, I think there was flashes of brilliant, but uh, you know, too far too soon. You, you know, it was. It, you saw the whole of the moon. I thought you were going to burst exactly. Me, there, uh, but it's you know, I'm just starting to build the team, and you're seeing it in flashes. You know, I think that away against Betis, you know, that's a top top team to go to up. But it's sustaining it over ninety minutes, isn't it? That, that, that's that's the issue. Can we sustain it over ninety minutes? And. Europe's absolute bonus. Yeah, you know, we'd like to go and win something, but it's regaining the the Scottish title, isn't it? That's the main thing this season. In fact, at the beginning of the season, I think we'd all said just rebuild a decent season, be in touch around about this time of the season. We've already got a cup in the, in the bag. The treble's still on, even if Patrick and, and my trip, courtesy of yourself, to Albania on the 25th of May isn't. But, you know, I think Patrick and me are, are, are disappointed about that. Unless you still want to provide the tickets and the accommodation of the presidential palace. But the, the main thing is just the league. Watch it in the big scene. Yeah, watch it in the big scene. Well, I, I think uh, your president would just have Celtic TV days on. I don't yeah, even probably. think he'd bother Well, I'm hoping they forget the Scottish Cup final to be at the Scottish Cup final. As long as it's not played down under or somewhere else hmm. in Europe or something. Um, but we will get to that later on. Um, Tony's come in from Paul. I've not seen Tony for a wee while, so I'll go to Tony. I know Tony quite well. One of my uh, fellow travellers on European Celtic away trips. Hopefully, get back to them next season. Um, well, just kind of finally on this point, because I think it does tie in with Sunday, Patrick. I'll come to you in this one. Did the, the seven changes on Thursday deflect on our squad date for this time, too? That players come into the side and don't look anywhere near their counterpart. You know, I even think about. James Forrest in this one, um, you know, I know the conditions weren't the easiest to be playing in on Thursday. Um, that probably could be used as an excuse for some people, but so far, you know, Rafe Rovers, Bodo Glimt, when we have rotated, you've seen the lack of depth and the lack of quality at times, haven't you? You do, you do. You see this sort of drop-off. Um, you know, it's the reason, I think it's probably the reason that people like McCarthy and Beaton probably haven't seen seen as much starts as other players, you know, uh, O'Reilly's 21 comes right into the team, it's because he can keep up with the tempo of play, he can press players, he's a really good pass with the ball. You know, Beaton and McCarthy are, are very good holding midfielders, defensive midfielders, but the way that we play our football, it just doesn't suit them. And especially against a team like Bodo Glunt, who arguably play, play faster than us, you know, more crisp passes and stuff. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't suit us. When we're holding on to leads, I think that's the time for Beaton and McCarthy to, to come into the side. Maybe, maybe a tough game against you know Livingston or Aberdeen when there's a real battle to be won, Hearts or something. Um, but it shows you know we do have depth. These are quality players, but it's just a lot of the games and a lot of the styles that we play it just doesn't really suit them. On Forrest particularly, Forrest is I think he's thirty one in the summer. He's not kicked a ball for Celtic for two years. And we've got 13 games left this season. I mean, if you're managing contracts in the squad... Don't be right now, well, now. Come on, I've told yes, you about this. Don't get ahead of I yourself. Know. I had us playing four European games this side of uh, Christmas. Um, somewhere between 11 and 13 games. Mm-hmm. And if you're managing contracts properly, you either give him a new deal or you sell him. So, in my opinion, he's got 11 to 13 games to save his Celtic career. I think that's a fair uh, summary on it as well because 
you know, uh, Lawrence, you touched on the word rebuild earlier. A rebuild isn't just about the team that's in the park, it's about trusting a squad, it's about trusting a system. Obviously, the manager thought last Thursday he could trust players to come in and play the system. It didn't happen. You could see that. Um, my old boy, who's on holiday in Lanzarote, is coming in to, to say all the best on Lanzarote too. He was one of the optimistic voices that I heard on Sunday when I came out of Easter Road. Uh, I was in Middleton's pub in Easter Road um, when we came out. But Lawrence, what was your assessment first of, of the game on Sunday afternoon? Listen, it's a bit flat. They didn't really trouble us, but you know how much trouble did we put them under? They're still lacking a bit up front. But you know what's it? Twenty-two points from twenty-four since the break. I find it really hard to be uh, so that you know down in the team. You know, luckily, you know another team found it's not easy to win with a two-nil lead. So we've not really lost anything. We've just ticked the game off in the league. You know, if we if we win seven from eight out of you know and, and draw one, that's kind of great form, isn't it? So yeah, it, it was disappointing. We, we really need to get that bit of energy back. Hopefully, we'll have a few more players coming back in. I think St. Mum at Celtic Park's probably the best team for us to be placing facing. You know, they've got Robertson in, uh, Jim Goodwin's off. Ho- hopefully, you know we, we can get a few goals and put his a. Uh, Back in a happy place, keep us top of the league uh, when we go to the Macaroni Arena. It's, uh, yeah, you know, Hibs games will happen during the season, but it's a draw. Uh, you know, we're still top of the league. Hibs game will happen in the season, but we're still top of the league. Patrick, um, I would tend to agree with Florence in that. I think it's the context of the whole season, though, that because of drop points elsewhere, including at Celtic Park, you know, think back in the 0 0 draw against Livingston, etc. You know, under Brendan Rodgers, I don't think I'd be correct and say that Celtic actually never won at Easter Road in the league. Um, but what was your estimation on it? Because I think there is going to be bumps in the road in these next 10 games. It's just about picking yourself up and dusting yourself down for this game to a against St. Man. You can't get too hate up about it. Yeah, you just sort of need to move on. Um, I think it was October we played Hibs away last. Uh, and that was our first one at Easter Road since, I think, February 2014 mm-hmm. when Van Dyke scored that free kick. We won 4 nothing. Um, so that's. Did, I don't even think Dyla played against Hibs, did he? I don't think they're in the top division. But I mean, that's. I don't think so, no. That's Rogers and Lennon um, that you're talking about there. So it's a tough place to go, certainly for Celtic. Um, I think we've probably just done enough to win the game. Abada should probably score uh, one of his two big chances. Um, certainly the second one, the one sort of towards the end of the game. The keeper makes a really, really good save. Um, I think we're quite unlucky. Um, but yeah, you just need to dust yourself off, move your move, move on. You get seven points at a nine so far. You're still three points clear. It's not a bad record against Tibbs, uh, as you say. It's just those, it's those four losses at the beginning of the season that you know. It's, it, sorry, the three losses and then the the draws against you know Dundee United and Livingston at home. It's just the sort of disappointment against teams that you maybe shouldn't be dropping points against. Uh, but you know. I think we'd have all taken this position at the beginning of the season, especially after yep. you know that game at Tynecastle, um, where we couldn't buy a win uh, to begin with. But um, I think you know, I think you're right in what you're saying. You know, St. Mirren at home, one of the best teams you could get at the minute. I think you know they've just lost a manager that they quite liked, who was doing quite well for them. They don't want mm-hmm. to be in the position that they're in. 
just need to show what we've got. I, I think a good performance is vital because I don't think we've been playing that well the last two or three weeks. Um, so a good performance and a couple of goals. I just want to bring in one of the commenters. Daniel comments all the time on a Tuesday, so good afternoon. Yeah. She is pulling you up for your comments in James Forrest, party and that he scored the goal in the League Cup semi-final. What, what would your take be on that? Um, yeah, he did score that all-important goal, but I wouldn't say that's probably enough to seal his deal and a new contract. What's your take on that one, Patrick? I don't think it's worth 20 grand a week for the next two years. I don't think that's... Um, you know, he, I mean, she's right. I mean, we did he did put us into the, the Cup final, but, you know, we wouldn't have necessarily lost it had he not scored. You know, could have... Someone else could have scored a chance later on, could have won an extra time, you know. I just think he needs more than one goal to earn a new contract. Not only that, even if he does play well the next 11 to 13 games, he is going to be 31 next season and he's a winger. You know, wingers in their 30s, they lose their pace, they're just not the same players, you know, could maybe convert them into some sort of midfielder. But I, I just think, you know, everyone has their time. You know, I, I think people in the comments were saying that his legs were going. Um, he's certainly not as fast as he used to be. He's not chipping in with the goals the same way that he did under Rodgers and Lennon. He's had injury worries. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying his time's possibly up. OK. Um, Lawrence, what was your assessment past what you said there in terms of, you know, we're probably going to get these results against Tibbs in the context of a season? And, you know, as Patrick touched on there, his perspective key... And, and, you know, I draw Easter Road, it's been the games earlier on in the season that have probably put us in a wee bit, I put a suggestion it's a wee bit more uneasy than we'd probably like to be in, even though it's still three points clear. I think, yeah, we've got a perspective where we start the season off, where we are, one trophy in the bag. You know, that first game, I don't recall, you know, Wake Tynecastle, the Scottish media shouting out for VAR then, which, you know, may have benefited us, funnily enough. But, uh, you know, I think Ange and the team... By, by and large, I've done a phenomenal job this season of you know, rebuilding the team, putting on some attractive football, and every now and again you will get a blip. You know, we, we need to be there to back the team. Touching on James E. Forrest, I, I think he's moved from a first choice to a squad player. And whether or not we can move him on will depend on whether James wants to move or whether he, he sees himself just seeing out his career in that, in that last season with us. I don't think he's a bad option to have in the squad. Would you know, if it was to offer him another contract, it wouldn't be on, you know, anything like twenty grand a week. You know, because I think his career's on the wane. I think, uh, so. Hopefully, you know, he, he's a guy that's got experience though in winning titles, so it, it could be invaluable. Even even just being in the squad and on the bench and talking to the new players about what they're going to face in these next ten games in the league. So yeah, have to just keep it in perspective. It's back to Celtic Park. Focus on the some one game, get a result. You know, if you get another one, it keep, keeps us top of the table. I, I think that's all we've got to, to focus on just now. If you get mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.
This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, this cycle of three games a week out of the way, and you'll get a, a chance to do a wee bit more work on the training part, which I think has has been missing. The, the the guys might get a bit more rest as well. So, I I think you know the next kind of three games are crucial because then we start to get get breaks in the week. Uh, you know, if we win the next three games, uh, I, I can't see us losing the league after that. Yeah, I think it's even important to try and get to, to the point where maybe David Turnbull or Kyogo gets back into the side. Lawrence, but I agree with you in terms of the turnover time of the, the team, you know, the European cycle, although it's very good, it's good to be in the competition. It is out the road, um, even though I'd probably still like it to be in the road to an extent. But if it's going to be out the road for us to, you know, clear the way to go and win the league, I'll be quite happy to do that at this point in time. Um, Patrick, what was your, your take on Celtics? Midfield on Sunday afternoon, um, Callum McGregor, Rio Hitati, and Tom Rogic. I, I thought in the game you could have probably taken all three of them off and one would have made a difference. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I've said on here last week and I think probably the week before as well, I think Rogic's on terrible form at the minute. Um, I don't think he can play in Europe, certainly not against how, the how do, Glimt. How do you think he changed that? Is it a confidence thing or... Is it a rest? What, what do you think on that one? I think just a rest. I mean, I, I don't think you can justify playing players who are out of form. You know, we've got so many midfielders at the club. I mean, if you put Beaton, McCarthy or Idaguchi on, you can move McGregor forward. You've also got O'Reilly. Turnbull will be back in a few weeks. We've seen his Instagram post. It was up for all of 20 minutes without the egg timer saying it'll be back soon. Um, I just don't think with the amount of options we've got in the midfield, you can justify playing an out-of-form player. Even in saying that, you know, all three of them had bad games against Tibbs. I don't think, you know, I think we struggled to keep the ball, struggled to create chances. You know, Hatate, the same as O'Reilly, I think, came in, made an immediate impact and has sort of dipped a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably where you need players like Turnbull to come in after a long layoff and sort of, I don't know, give a fresh energy, sort of fight for his chance, um, just sort of give us another option. Um I don't think it's a massive concern going forward. You know, we should be able to create enough chances to beat St Mum on Wednesday night. Hopefully it's a good performance. Um, hopefully, you know, Maeda as well. I think, you know, crossing it into him, we're doing him no favours. I know he's not been in the best of form recently, um, but, you know, he had played a full season. He's started another half season with us as well. I don't think we're playing his strengths a lot of the time. So... There's a lot of things that we can hope for, hope to see improve on uh, tomorrow night, and um, I think I would personally drop Rogic but stick with Maeda uh, if I was a manager. Lawrence, um, Dyson Maeda, you know his goal scoring record, assist record since coming in the door at Celtic has been you know very very good, um, very consistent, scored goals. He's a player that the manager knows very well. We've saw him featured on the left-hand side. We've swapped wingers. We've seen him on the right-hand side. And then we've saw him up top. Not just him, you know, Jordi's Jackie Marcus or Kyogo Furuhashi. How important is that 
midfield three and given the striker a platform. Because I thought on Sunday, you know, trying to play long ball football with Dyson Maeda, as it has game, Portis is going to win the ball any time in the air against that. You need your midfielders to be creative and have that, you know, that spark. You know, Roderick, the last time he played at Easter Road, was unplayable until he went off injured. Um, how important is that midfield free to what we do up top and our set up and system? Listen, it's essential that we get, you know, quick, accurate transition. And I think Patrick touched on it there. Amount of stray passes was uncharacteristic for, for all three in the midfield, uh, and I think that's when it breaks down when we don't, uh, you know, transition quickly and put them under a bit, bit of pressure. I know they were sitting a bit deeper. Tommy Rogic, since he's come back, uh, with his travels with Australia, you know, we, we used to say as the guy a, a ninety-minute player can he do ninety minutes? Was well, proven this season he can, but you know, three games and you know, with Australia looks to have taken its toll a bit, and uh, I think you know whether it's Turnbull coming in. For me, I th- think O'Reilly's probably made that position. He's all, you know, I would say his first choice from what we've seen of him so far in the form that Rogic's in. It leaves McGregor and, and, you know, the other positions up for grabs. Touching on Maeda, you know, I think Kyogo's first choice when he comes back. I don't think Maeda or Yakamakis have done enough. And actually, second choice striker for me is probably a badder. You, you, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, I know Yakamakis got his hat trick against bottom of the table Dundee I thought a crack in 60 minutes against the Rangers you, you know you, you've got to judge them at the top end of the table against the, the harder opponents so yeah the, the, the midfield's lacking a wee bit but, but, but so is the front line but you know, some of that could be tiredness touched on it the Japanese guys are a season and a half in without a break now you, you know it's got, it's got to have an effect uh, and, and so is three games a week so Maybe, you know, going out of Europe's going to be a wee bit of luck and I'll let the guys recover. But I'm hoping one of the strikers, whether it's Giacomacus or Maeda, can actually, you know, nail down second choice striker, if not first. Because I, I don't think, from what we've seen so far, they've only hit uh, Kyogo levels. But, you know, you never know. You know, big Giacomacus could silence us all and, and score hat tricks in the remaining 10 games and they'd all be very happy. Yep, bring it on. If it's Hattrick's and it's 1-0 wins and he scores each of those 1-0 wins, I don't really care as long as we get the job done. Um, Patrick, just a wee thing to touch on there, I think that's an interesting point from Lawrence. On Sunday, if it isn't working, um, you know, and we're just not getting it, we're not getting that spark, would it have been the worst idea? I know you're not a fan of moving players out of position, but we've seen Labada do an OK job through the middle. Would that have been a consideration that you think possibly went through Angie's mind on Sunday to, to try it? Because... You know, again, though, had he went through the middle and we continued to play the high balls and get balls into the, the box, I think we're crying out for a penalty box striker. We'll be talking about one that we're linked with just now. But would that be something to consider? You know, if Jackie Marcus or, or Kyogo's not there, again, fire a badder through the middle? Well, you're right. I'm not a fan of playing players out of position, but it's a question of whether Rabada's actually out of position if he's playing at striker because he looked fairly natural against Ross County in December. He looked fairly natural against St. Johnson in December as well. And I think I said on here that I don't think it would be the worst option to play my head Yakimakis. Um Since then, I've actually changed my mind. I think I would stick with Yakimakis. Um, I Should think I? he's still second choice, in my opinion. Uh, Abada's not a bad option by any stretch. But if you don't play Abada, you're looking at one of Forrest, uh, Ben Doak or Karamoko. Um, I'd quite like to see Karamoko play, in fairness. I just think St Myrna are probably going to put 10 men behind the ball 
And yeah. I think you've got to have a big physical guy in there just to sort of, you know, win challenges, win space, hold defenders off. Yakimakis especially going in for headers and, you know, all seven of his goals have been first touches. Um, uh, I think it was Hamish that pointed that out on Twitter after mm-hmm. the Dundee game last yep, week. Yeah, and Alan Morrison backed up as well as I can add. <laughs> These things don't happen very often that a player scores seven goals on a row and it's just one touch finishes. I think our question whether a Celtic player had ever done that, scored mm. his first seven goals with one touch. But I, I... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If he's insistent on playing Maeda, I would stick with Maeda. Um, if he's not going to play Maeda, I'd stick with Yakimakis, because I think Abada's got all those goals from the right-hand side, well... Apart from three of them, I think he's got all his goals from the right hand side. I would like to see Karamoko though, because you know his contract's up at the in the summer. We're, we're not going to get anything from him apart from maybe a development fee. Um, so it'd be nice to try and get him some football. Hopefully, sign a new contract or something. As unlikely as that probably is, but it's good to have these options. You know, this isn't a conversation that we were probably having before Christmas, um, and we now have we now have these conversations every single Tuesday. Um, and as much as a lot of our players are off form at the minute, I'd like to think we've got enough to beat St Mum and sort of have a decent enough performance uh, on Wednesday night. We'll probably come back to Canamoka and Bell if we've got time. I mean, I heard Kevin, Colin and Brian having a real good discussion about Canamoko and, and James Forrest on that right-hand side. Um, Lawrence, to come to you in this point, obviously we've seen Rio Hitati and Dyson Media to our January signings feature very prominently after playing a full season. Matt O'Reilly had only played the half season, obviously, with MK Dons. Uh, seen 1967's came in to say, wonder if Hatati's been hindered by having to do Roger's running for him at times. Do you think it's possible that Maeda and Hatati just get a kind of kick off, come into a fresh team, you know, that that adrenaline get into a team that was playing good football? And now we're starting to see two, two individual players that, you know, have had a, a full season and a half and maybe just need a wee bit of a break and a rest. So I think the amount of football's going to have taken some kind of toll on them. And you'd hope they'd get a lift playing in front of Celtic fans when they first sign. You know, it's a huge move for them. And they've done well when they've come in. You know, I'm not going to 
totally hammering them for the hips result. 22 points out of 24. It, we've been on a phenomenal run since the turn of the year. So hopefully the boys can pick up against St. Mern again. Uh, that's all we're looking for. Is it O'Reilly and Rogic in the middle of the packet? I seem to remember we kind of had a chat when Lennon was playing too many number 10s. And I think we could maybe be get down that road again with O'Reilly and Rogic. You know, I think maybe Cal Mack, Rio, and O'Reilly. I, I think all three of them would have run in. You know, there's a lot of, lot of legs in that midfield then. And, you know, Roger to come off the bench, you, you know, he, he's got class and, and maybe just asking him to do a wee bit less until he regains his forms the, the way to go. Yeah, um, hopefully so. And that is the case that when you start to get players back in form, um, you know, we're winning games, but, you know, purple patches, Patrick, we've seen Jota be unplayable, Abadi be unplayable. Hopefully it's just a, a point in time when that clicks again and we start to to, to play some of the football that we've come to expect, you know. Again, I think perspective's key in that if you'd have asked any is after that game at Tynecastle, would you take being three points at the top of the table at the start of March with the CGA? But, you know, the level of football that we've played at times and what we've seen, I think the expectation's been risen a wee bit and that what we expect now, we really expect ourselves to give Rangers a good challenge for this title. Um, the two is going for it. Um, to come in on Alan Robertson's uh, comment here, Pat, I just want to come to you on this one. What was your thoughts on Sunday when Joe Hart took a free kick at the corner flag short and played one-twos by the defence? That was right in front of me. I was row D behind Joe Hart's goal. Um, I could see this to my left-hand side and I thought, what in the name of goodness are you doing? Because he's putting the hand up for a big long ball. I actually found it comical to an extent. Before that, Starfield had got one right so on the nose. The one that Deutsch blocked and I think it hit off Starfield. He's standing there with a holding his nose, you know yourself when you've played football, a boss smacks you in the face, your eyes will water, you don't want the ball at your feet, and there he was, right away, giving the ball to his feet, then that one on Sunday, directing traffic up, and he gives the ball to Starfield, and you see this, this wee bit of play, which I think Hibs TV highlighted as some sort of mastermind pressing thing. Patrick, what was your thoughts on it? Because I just thought it was, it was comical to an extent, what we were trying to do then, but look, just, just ridiculous. Yeah, I know some people were saying it was Starfelt's fault, but yeah, I, th- I think people are saying he needed to open his body up. But I mean, goalkeeper's yeah. fault. Aye, Joe Hart's pushed the whole team up. He's he's barely got any options. He's got Hibs players running towards him. All he can really do is pass back to Joe Hart. I mean, Joe Hart. I'm not sure what he's trying to do there. He's pushing the team well up the park and then passing straight to Starfelt. He's inviting the pressure. And I know we like playing out from the back. It's all right to do it at goal kicks when. You know, the team aren't uh, man-to-man with Hibs players. Um, but I think it was daft from Hart, if I'm being honest. To push the team up and then take a short goal kick, it's it's not something you do. Um, no. Not I, I don't think it's particularly impressive from Hibs either. I'm not sure why they highlighted that. I think they get a bit of a slagging on Twitter when they tweeted it out. Um, yeah, well, they, they played you know, a really low block, I think. You know, in terms of anything forward in the game, it was probably one of the highlights if you were the high beans, right. they? I think they only had two shots and I don't think either of them were on target so yeah. that tells you everything Pat, uh, Lawrence Adam Morrison um, put out a tweet yesterday um, looking at Hibs' low block what they were playing it was basically I think it was like in a 5-3-2 and even the two strikers were nearly part of a midfield at times um, Ange highlighted the low block as well and his post-match comments you know I expect St. Murn to play a low block against us tomorrow evening and 
Livingston to also play a low block against us on Sunday. But we've dealt with it, you know, St Johnston at Celtic Park, Ross County at Celtic Park. To me, it's just get, having your creative players really stepping up to the mark and giving you something different. Whereas on Sunday, the, the three individuals in midfield, it was you know one of the poorest games of the season just because you know so many misplaced passes and trying things that just didn't seem to work. How many balls did we float into the box on Sunday, and it just wasn't coming off at all? What was your approach to this tomorrow night? Because I do imagine St Myrna sitting. Well, so I'd expect any opposition manager, or, or, or most if not all, in Scotland to. Can I play a low block or everyone behind the ball? Play it tight, force us to play high balls into the box because we know we're, we're not that good in the air and, and try and either hit us on the break or at set pieces where, where we're weak. It, you know, it's not rocket science to see their game plan, but then again, you know, Ange plays the, the same style, trying to open them up. And I think it is we just didn't get weird enough of the ball. You know, we had no shots on target. We just didn't get that wee break of the ball or that, or that little spark, you know, Patrick's touching that. Could have a bad or maybe I put one of his away. The keeper had a, a, a crack and save, you know. Then Mayeda's gave it, given offside just as he's pulled back. It's, yeah, I, I said it, 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 we've dealt with it more often than not. So I, I think this team has got a way of dealing with it. I think maybe Yota's not been as impressive as, as late, who was giving us a few of the sparks early in the season. Mm-hmm. He's just and he's maybe snatching at chances as well now. I think he's just kind of desperate to get a wee bit of form back. But listen, we've, we've been facing it, I suppose, even since Rogers came in. People just get everyone behind the ball. And it's up to us to break them down. Uh, and that's what, what we're going to face. So I think the key to that with Ange is just, you know, keep going, keep building your football, get the speed of transition, try and get them turned, you know, catch them when they're out of position. Sometimes, I suppose it was Dundee earlier in the season, wasn't it? Big uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers with his deflected shot that, that, that gets off. Ross County. Yep. Ross, Ross County. County. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need that. You need to take a shot. And, and maybe that's what we're missing. You know, with, with Thumble, he's got a, a willingness to take a shot out, outside the box and maybe it's not so clear. But, you know, sometimes it's a second, a, a, a pub ball from that that you're, you're picking up and tucking one away. So, yeah, I, I fully expect Stephen Robertson to get everyone behind the ball and just try and hit us on the break or hit set pieces. Yeah, it was a disappointing result at the weekend for St Mern, uh, 2-0 at home to, to Hearts. Obviously, they, they, the players sent off early on in the game. Patrick, I do imagine Stephen Robinson will um, tackle the game against Celtic much differently from a home game against Hearts. Um, one player who was warming up on Sunday in front of me, again, was Yusuke Adeguchi, who was one of our January recruits. We've seen him... Uh, come on against Hibs at Celtic Park from that first game back after the January break. Of course, he started the game against Alawa, um and had to go off injured after a very poor challenge on him. And then, due to the amount of players that you could um, register for the Europa League, so it's for the, the Conference League squad, he wasn't included in the squad, so I've not seen him in either of those games. When do you think we'll possibly see Yusuke Adeguchi? Because we'd spoken time and time again, not just ourselves, everybody else in Axon, about the squad, about, you know, it being light on the ground. But here was one of our January signings who were yet to see feature past the game against Alawa. Had it maybe not been for injury, we would have seen him more. When do you think his time is to come on? Because, you know, somebody had mentioned in the comments earlier um, about McGregor. We would like to see him go further forward a wee bit more. You know, would the Gucci coming on on Sunday have been the worst thing for us and let McGregor go forward and take one of the guys off in midfield? 
I don't think so, no, not at all. I mean, we needed some sort of spark in Sunday and it never really came. Um, I, know, I know we only made that one sub with O'Reilly coming on, but I don't know, it's a difficult one. Um, Ange likes to play with, you know, a sort of creative six and then two eights in that midfield. And it, Do we need a, a holding midfielder against St Murn at home? Probably not. It's... It's difficult to see where any of the defensive midfielders actually get their time, apart from coming on when we're 2 nothing up, 3 nothing up, to try and control the game. It, it really is, it's, it's quite baffling, really. I mean, you've got Soro, you've got Beaton, McCarthy, and you've got Adaguchi, those sort of four defensive midfielders. You've got um, Scott Robertson, I think he's more of a box-to-box player, uh, down in England just now. It's... I'm sure as well. He seems to have annoyed a lot of people at the weekend. <laughs> Uh, I think he's actually more of a creative player. Uh, I mean, I've not seen a lot of him. But, but he's more box-to-box as well, like Robertson, he's in right. that kind of mould. Um, I mean, that's, I don't really know, is it the, the honest answer. Uh, not really sure where he fixed the system, which is quite strange because he's quite obviously an Ange signing if he's from mm-hmm. Japan. Uh, I highly doubt um, one of the Celtic scouts were looking at him. I don't know, it's it's a difficult one. Um, hopefully we'll be treating us up against Livingston on Sunday and he can come on and trying to calm the waters. Just need to watch it for the wee bits of tyre that go into your, your boots. <laughs> Astro pitches, I know you do as well. Grass is still king to the Astro. Lawrence, well, what's your thoughts on Yusuke Adaguchi? Because as I say, you know, we'd all about the importance of the January transfer window, how important it was to get bodies in the door. He's now back from injury. When do you think we'll see him? And again, do you think he could have been an option to bring on on Sunday to push players forward? Could have been an option. I mean, I, I think Callum's not looked as sharp. So, yeah, he could have brought him on. It's, it's going to be hard for any defensive players. We, we know Ange likes to change his front three or his attacking options. Those are the guys that are kind of doing the press and doing the most work for us. So, it's going to be hard to see when he comes in. We touch wood, we don't get, get any more injuries. But, you know, there's still a quarter of the season to go. So, I would expect us to face some more just based on what we've had this season. So, yeah, look, we've not seen a lot of good ch- to know how good he is. I wouldn't put my head a beat on him what I've seen. You know, if it's going to be a defensive midfielder coming in, I'd rather me beat him, come in as defensive midfielder. Sorrow had almost forgot that, you know, was in the squad. Uh, and McCarthy's still there as well. So, yeah, the defensive guys are going to, going to struggle for minutes, I think. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of next season for him. I don't know how bad his injury was. It kept him out for, for a few seasons. Maybe he'll have benefit for the rest. But defensively, I think we've got more than enough, enough cover at the six. I can't say he's ever really needing two defensive midfielders to start again. As Patrick said, maybe closing it out two or three three up, you'd maybe want two on. But we've, we've got more, more than enough defensive midfielders. And I don't think that's really a... We've we been misfiring, is it? It's... You know, it's up front in the creativity where we really need something different. I'm not too sure. You know, is any good further forward? Could could he do something? Who knows? Um, Kevin Graves came in in the comments. I was wanting to keep this for later on in the show, but there has been news breaking on this 10 minutes ago while I've been on, so I think we need to touch on it. Um, If Kev could possibly give us any detail, I'll have a wee quick read at the top of this out on. But Celtic have confirmed they will be taking part in a four-team tournament in Australia. 
at the end of November on the Celtic website. It says Celtic are set to play in a four-team tournament. The Hoops boss, who is the most successful manager in Australian football history at both club and international level, will head home with his Celtic squad during the five-week break in domestic football later this year due to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Celtic have long had a very strong support base in Australia, which has only been safe since Ange Postecoglou's arrival at the club back in June this year. And Celtic fans in Australia will be delighted to get the opportunity to cheer on the hoops live in the four-team tournament. Patrick, come to you on this. Um, Twitter earlier on, um, the news came out from Ray Gatt, um, an Australian journalist, that um, there was the possibility at, at the time that Celtic would play Rangers in Sydney um, come that point in November. This is obviously going to be, I think, the league breaks and the 13th of November and it's going to stop with the World Cup's on. We hope Scotland are obviously at that World Cup. Um, what's your take on this one? Because, you know, pre-season usually for us is always summer but just due to the logistics of the World Cup this year, we're going to get a break. Um, Christmas thing, what's your thoughts on this? It's interesting. I mean, Kevin's just came back in there and said that the the, the teams haven't been announced. Um, mm. That is true. It's not on the there's no in the Celtic statement anyway. Anyway, that um, there's no teams named. Obviously, Celtic will be one of them. The rumour is that um, the team outside the, the team in Ibrox will be the other one. Um, I hope that's not the case. Uh, I don't think that's something that. I don't think it should be some sort of product that we sell around the world. I mean, that's why we're all opposed to the Super League. You know, taking... I'm assuming this is a game that has never been played outside the city of Glasgow. I don't think we should be sort of taking it on to around the world when, you know, the supporters don't get on, the fan bases are, you know, rivals against each other. There's a lot of outside influences they go into the rivalry, have done for 130-odd years, Um it's not a tourist attraction. Um, it's it's a rivalry, and it should stay that way. Um, but you know, on the on the tournament, I don't think there's any problem with us going to Australia on some sort of tour. You know, it's something that we should be selling. We should be selling Celtic. You know, I think you said to me earlier today, and you tweeted it yourself. We tweeted in March, the ninth of March, that you know we're not half of anything. We're our own team. You know, it's not. There's no brand between the two teams. It's it's Celtic that we're selling here. Um, that's why we've set up a Celtic Japanese account, mm-hmm. not a Glasgow Derby Japanese account. Um, again, no problem with an Australian tour, no problem with a Japanese tour. Um, it obviously be nice for Ange. I think he said here he's not been home for three and a half years, mm-hmm. so it'd be nice for him personally. Um, and yeah, I mean, no problem with playing friendlies while the, while the World Cup's on. I know people like you know Callum McGregor probably players like Kyogo and stuff will have a lot of players away in international duty but you know I'm fine playing a second string team that's sort of what happens at pre-season you know against Bristol we had you know Karamoko and Liam Shaw and Stephen Welsh and all that playing uh, while the, the sort of main players were still on holiday um, so again no problem selling Celtic uh, just hopefully we're not selling some sort of rivalry that you know, we're not particularly fond of anyway. Yeah, it's not a friendly. Um, if it is to, to be anything, it's a competitive game that should be played domestically in, in Scotland. Um, I, I totally agree with Patrick on that, Lawrence. I, I don't have any issues with Celtic going to Australia, Japan, um, wherever we're going. 
it's obviously been confirmed it's going to be an Oz. Um, but I think you know the context that a Celtic can't be if it was to be um, our title challengers this season Celtic can't be coming out and making statements saying we're not half of anything uh, and then you know entering into this I think that's something that should be uh, a focus for the club in terms of the fans because I don't think supporters would be happy with that but what's your take on that? Listen but if, if you want to do a tour of, the, of Japan and Australia, was it Japan that apparently they didn't get the season extended? You know, the one that ended on, on a Thursday night because we're doing a Far East tour or something. 2008? Uh, yeah, that's it. So, uh, look, no problem with them doing it. You know, playing, uh, you know, if that other team's part, it's not a team you really want to associate with. You know, there's a lot of negative press go with them. Have we played them outside a a Glasgow and the, the, the 10 years that rivalry has been going I don't think so uh, but it, it's, it's not something I'd want to care. Uh, uh, you know there's a lot of things comes up in that game when both sets of fans are there that you know I'd probably rather didn't come up you know I mean the last day was a lot more enjoyable than previous ones where there's been visits visiting set of fans there so yeah I, I, I told Celtic realise we're, we're there the marketable commodity in Australia and Japan, uh, uh, and I don't think the other team are. You know, I, I, I don't think the the previous incarnation was either. I think uh, Hugh Adams came out and said that. You know, the reality of a, a worldwide Rangers sport is a myth. So, I hope it, it's something we, we we didn't associate with. Uh, I feel it'd be involved. If there is any more detail on this, please let us know in the comments. Um, it's quite hard to try and pick it up while we're on air, so we're not looking at our phones. Um, but it does come out there that Celtic will play in a tournament in Australia um, when this break comes for the World Cup. The opposition that we play, we don't know. It will be interesting to see how it is, who it is. Um, back to St Mern. League duty is far more important than looking at tournaments in Australia at this point in time, gentlemen. As I'm sure you would both agree, it was 0-0 last time out. Jim Goodwin obviously in charge of St Murnham. I've already touched on Stephen Robertson's going to be in charge for the first time uh, out with being Motherwell manager at Celtic Park. Um, our tagline, you know, today was what change should be made for the visit of St Murn. Pat, I'm going to come to you first on this. How important is a performance as well as a result on Wednesday night? Or are you not too bothered about the performance? Is it just a case of get the results over the line? Or would you at least like to see something in the Celtic team that we've already watched this season? No, because I think performance catches up with you. Um, you know, we've seen last season, I think it was the first eight or nine games, we won eight out of nine or seven out of eight, uh, but the performance wasn't there. And then you've seen the rest of the season, it catches up with you. The results catch up with you. So I think it's important that we, we need to start playing well again. We've not been playing particularly badly. I mean, that's... I heard in sports scene that we'd won... Uh, 10 games in a row, or maybe it was Sky, we'd won 10 games in a row domestically and then that draw came, so I think we're unbeaten since since, since September, that was the first draw since St Murn in December. I think that's because we're playing well, I don't think it's because we're just finding the net. Um, you know, Ange prides himself on the attacking football, the, the good performances, it's the Celtic way of playing. Um and I think, you know, St Mern, St Mern are a team who are struggling just now. They've just lost their manager. I think they're 10th in the table, I want to say. Um, yeah, I think a, a good performance is almost as important as the three points. 
Yeah, I would totally agree with you. I think it could be the case that this draw at Easter Road on Sunday might, you know, be a kick up the backside that we were maybe needing. I know a lot of people would say that we've not played well since the first half at Petaudry on the 9th of February. Um, I would probably have to agree with that one. Um, but we'll see. We'll just wait and see. I would hope, though, that tomorrow night we can get a performance and we can get a result. Um which is exactly what Paul's saying in the comments, you know, results we need for the title. Um, I totally agree with that, but I would like to see a performance. Would it be too hard if we won the game and didn't play well? Probably not. But I think there would still be a bit of concern from all of us here um, that, you know, we might fall into that trap. I just not in the best of uh, football, but results are the main thing to get the league over the line. Lawrence, it's a visit after St Murn at home to the Tony Macaroni. Um a kind of curse room this place not won there since 2007 I think is uh, if I'm correct in saying how do you approach this game you know if we go and win against St Martin tomorrow night beat the low block you know do, do we do anything different when we go to Livingston on Sunday uh, if we beat St Martin I don't think Angel will do anything different uh, I can't see it uh, we don't really have that many options up front let's be honest you know uh, hopefully Yakimakis uh, is back fit for the St. game and stays fit for the remainder of the season but it's the options we have up front we, we, we don't have a lot so Angie's got a style of football and it's what we're going to play uh, we're overdue a win in the road at, uh, at, at Tony Macaroni and hopefully we get it you know after a win against St. Mum but uh, I think one, one game at a time isn't it you know concentrate beat St. Mum at Celtic Park before we even even think about Livingston, I think. Hmm. No, absolutely. I'm all focusing on St. Martin tomorrow night, Patrick. The seven changes to the team from Bodo to Eastern Road, what changes would you make for tomorrow night? I would certainly freshen it up with a few new players, but what's your thoughts on it? I would certainly put O'Reilly in for Rogic. Um who were the fullbacks on Sunday? Remind me. It was Juranovic and Taylor on Sunday, and they didn't probably... really do the inverting stuff. Too much no. in the game and the overlaps, you know, especially on the left hand side were non existent for the majority of the game too. I think left back could be a problem and you know, the more it's a problem, the more obvious it is to the guys with the money that we need to fix it. But at the same time we do need to win football games. Um so I, I would stick with I'd probably stick with the same team but you know, put O'Reilly in for logic. I could understand playing Yakimakis. Um if it's nil nil at half time or you know if we somehow find ourselves behind at half time, I'd put Yakimakis on for the second half. Um, but I'd probably stick with Maeda um, up front. Uh, so just the one change, personally. Okay. I think it depends with, you know, Jackal and that, you know, the manager said he had an illness at the weekend. Um, we don't know what type of illness that is. Don't want to make assertions of what that is. Um, but if he feels fit and ready to play, I would stick Jackal back in because I think, you know, at times if we're going to play the kind of football that we did on Sunday balls getting thrown into the box is the type of guy that you would in there as you've seen against Dundee um, Lawrence in, in that game what, what about you would you make any changes for the team uh, you know would you bring Ralston back in and yeah. stick Juranovic over yeah, to bring but I'd leave Taylor but bring Ralston back in I think he brings a bit of impetus and a bit of drive that's missing when he's not there and I think we, we, we kind of need someone really push it on you know I think Juranovic is a better footballer, but definitely bring, bring Ralston in. Midfield, 
yeah, a, a tabloid you call on the bench, I, I think, and a Riley in. Uh, or the wings, you, you, you know, you has been a wee bit off the boil. I, I might be even, even started to be having a look there and going, you know, can we play a bad over there or a James there in a bad way? I, I just think you has been off you it. Play, you play a Juranovic up. He's played in that front three before. Oh. You know that I would fancy it, but it's an option too if you're going to throw a player's could, balls into the box again. Play, could play Maeda wide and Yakamakis through in the middle and a bad in the right. So, I, I, I'd seriously, yeah, I'd get Ralston and I'd maybe, you know, O'Reilly for logic and I'd, I'd have a look at Yota and see what he's given us in training. And yeah, I'd maybe be looking at Maeda out there and Yakamakis through in the middle. Mm. No, I, I can understand. I think, you know, I still certainly to a stance Postacoglu to pick the strongest team that should hopefully beat St Mum. An importance, uh, an important as a victory. A victory is important tomorrow, uh, first and foremost, but I think we would like to see, you know, a performance from the team and I think a few goals. Um, gentlemen, it was a bit of chat yesterday, um, last five minutes around VAR in Scotland. Uh, Kennedy from BBC was reporting on this. And I think the cost that was initially coming out was each club to play... £115,000 each per year for VAR. He then followed that by saying, I think a lot of clubs in Scotland are, uh, you know, balancing it up and saying, are they for decisions costing us 100k a year? Um, maybe for another perspective they might be, but, but pass it over to you in this one. You know, for a lot of the clubs that you know, aren't making a lot of money, um, have suffered, like all clubs across the country, on covid I think a lot of them can have an extra expenditure of 115 grand per year for that. Um, probably not, but you know you're looking to improve the game, aren't you? Um, I actually I remember this is a strange story, but I remember doing something in school where, believe it or not, Stephen McLean, the referee for that infamous semi-final in 2015, he'd made a mistake the season before. I think it was between Aberdeen and. I want to say Dundee United, but I don't think it is. I think it was Aberdeen and Motherwell. He made a refereeing decision on the, the last day of the season and it cost Aberdeen a European place. Mm. It meant third place instead of, instead of second. And I think it probably cost him in excess of 100 grand. So, I mean, one decision cost Aberdeen 100 grand in May 2014. So, I don't think it's entirely accurate to say that while it changed your season uh, financially, um, I think it probably could. You just Listen, don't know been some mistakes they're going to make. There's been some admin errors that have cost uh, teams places in the league. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's very true. And email inboxes too, yes. And, you know, and teams getting great licences that shouldn't. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem to spur anything on. But l- listen, never mind VAR. Just get back to playing in grass. <laughs> you, you, you know, why bring in VAR when they're even bringing in grass in the top league? It's, you know, what's going I to make think, it um, enjoyable, VAR or grass? I mean, Hamilton actually scored nine hundred thousand pounds, didn't they? Mm. Two years yeah. ago, and then Roger said when he was here that you know full-time referees is more important than uh, goal-line technology, and I, I think he's right. And I think we need full-time referees. Yeah, I, mean, I think they earn quite a lot as it is per game, but I think I think you definitely need full-time referees before you start uh, bringing VAR in. But at the same time, I'd, I'd like to see VAR. Yep, we could probably have a whole conversation around refereeing in Scotland, full-time, part-time VAR. Uh, everything else I know Lawrence could probably uh, fill me and you in on um, a lot of people are saying that they would quite like a sponsorship could play for Val don't know if that's on the table at all um, to wrap up um, obviously one thing that, that 
tweeted out from the Axon Twitter account last night was around volleyballing goalie who is out on loan to Russia just now. Um, I don't think for any political signalling party it would look good in the club to be recalling Bolly just due to everything that's happened with Celtic. You think back last season, a Palestinian flag's been removed uh, from within the ground. Um, you know, I don't think it's right if the club are selective and what you know political stances that they take. But I think for the safety of a Celtic employee, is seeing the best position to be in. You know, in a, in a country that is uh, causing conflict in Europe just now. From a Celtic employee perspective, is he at the right place? I mean, the thing is, I think I said to you last night, they've grounded all the flights. So is it safe for us to tell him you're not playing for UFA, but you have to stay in Moscow yourself, or sorry, you have to stay in Russia yourself for three months? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think... I mean, what is Bolly 24, 25? I wouldn't like to be in that position. No. On, in Russia on my own for three months. Um be interesting to see, actually, whether... I mean, I assume UFA are, playing, are paying some of his wages or paying a loan fee. If that's in pounds, the the cost of that is rising as we speak because yeah, obviously the exchange rate. Yeah. However, if if they're obviously paying them in in rubles, uh, what's it called? Is it is it rubles? If I got that right, um, I'm not too sure. <laughs> yep. uh, the Russian currency. Aye, right. If they're paying them in rubles, it's probably they're saving money. But if they're paying us pounds, then it's costing them money. Um, I think if we're able to recall him and bring him back to Scotland, I think you know go for it. Um, mm. If we can't get him back back out of Russia, um, I'd probably just leave it because I wouldn't like to leave him on his own in Russia. Uh, I don't think that would be responsible. No, and obviously there've been other phases as well as, as countries who have been recalling their citizens to leave Russia. Lawrence, what's your take on this? You know, at this point in time, volleyballing yeah. goalie, whether people like him yeah. or not, due to what on, went on last season. Um, is still a Celtic Football Club employee and I'm in agreement with Patrick that as long as he remains a Celtic Football Club employee in the situation that we're in just now I don't think it's in his best interest to be uh, in Russia and I see just earlier before we came on there at the Lokomotiv Moscow manager uh, has chucked it so in a football perspective and for his own safety I think I agree with Patrick and that if we can recall him I think it would be the, the best decision from a safety perspective I don't think it's got anything to do with safety. I think it's all to do with political. I don't, I'm not too sure how dangerous things are in Russia. It would be a lot more dangerous in the U- Ukraine. So I think it'd be political. But then there you know, there's an argument to be call Scott Robertson from England. You know, there's people in Ireland that say, "Well, wait a minute." There's, you know, there's people in our country we don't want here. There's an argument to be play Israeli teams. I, I can remember when teams went play South African teams. You know, you could be saying why are Israeli teams in Europe? I think it's a totally political decision, and if you do that, you know it's maybe the first time we're doing it, but then you need to carry it on, and then you, you know, I think there'd be a large proportion of the Celtic fans, or a large section of them, would be saying, well, what about providing teams to England? You know, I'm not happy with what's going on in Ireland, and I think the safety thing is just a total red herring. You know, it, it, I've not read any bombs going off in Russia or, or Ukraine attacking Russia. So I, I, I'm not too sure how, how much danger he's under there, and I think it'd be, yeah, I, I think it'd be totally political. But you, you know, if Celtic were to go in that, it, you know, it, it's further to stop. You know, next time he gets running against the Israeli team, you know, I, I don't think we should, should be playing Israeli teams full stop. I'm not too sure why. I UEFA, you know, the Celtic fans have been hammered for, you know, flying Palestinian flags. It's okay to fly Ukraine flags, and I think it's completely... 
selective the people what, what they, they choose to support. You know, if you call them back, call Robertson back from England then, because, you know, there's a lot of guys not happy with what's going on in Ireland. Stop playing Israeli teams. It, it, it's where you draw the line. And, you know, you could just say, well, this is the first one. Well, it's, it's something you then need, need to continue if you're going to keep doing that. So I think the safety thing is just total red, red telling it. it it'd be completely political. Yeah, um, I agree with Brown Warrior on this one. I'm sure you probably do, gentlemen, that you have been very selective about politics and football. And there has been a lot of hypocrisy on show. Um, this is not a new thing, you know, but we've seen that across the board. It will be interesting to see if anything happens there. Um, thanks for everybody for commenting. As per usual, we've run a wee bit over time, but there was a lot to be um, reading about uh, and talking about. Of course, the news broke that we are going to be playing in a pre-season it's weird to say pre-season because we've always will be in a season, but a kind of winter break style tournament in Australia. Um, we've got St Mum tomorrow night, Livingston on Sunday, but all eyes goes to St Mum. Can we get the victory? I hope so. And we can return to winning ways and then it'll be down to nine games. And the race for the title is on, hopefully. It's getting white ribbons on that championship flag as it has been so uh, during this decade of dominance for the past 10 years, as Tom Rodick pointed out. And post-2000 Celtic have got some record in winning league championships. So hopefully those ribbons return to the trophy. Um, we'll be back next week. It'll be two games down. After next week, we're talking about eight games to go in the, the league title race. Hopefully we're talking about two, six point, two three-point games that have got to six points and we're a step closer. Thanks to everybody for commenting. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with the bulletin and pre-match, half-time and post-match analysis of the game in St Mern. Hope everybody has a lovely day and thank you for watching A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.